This is the Avinu.info podcast brought to you by the Avinu.info blog author and senior pastors of Living Church Ministries International, Vishuk Dimitrix and Pastor Pauline Roscoe. Today's topic, do this in remembrance of me. Today, Bishop Roscoe starts by sharing with us, my son Jermaine was vested Saturday with a master's degree conferred upon him. On Sunday morning, Pauline, my wife, said, why don't you teach on communion today, which is the center of the Christian faith? I was pleased with her suggestion as a pastor. We love defending our faith in Jesus Christ, Yeshua, the son of Adonai, which in Hebrew is our Lord. John 6, 35 through 36 of the Amplified reads, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry, and he who believes in and cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me will never thirst any more at any time. But as I told you, although you have seen me, still you do not believe, and trust and have faith. You have seen me, but you don't believe, trust, or have faith in me. I have heard non-Christians say, who wants to follow someone who tells his followers to eat his flesh, says Bishop Roscoe. I would say that anybody who wants more from the Word of God must learn some Hebrew culture to understand how their language works. Hebrew is a picture language where each letter of the alphabet is a symbol of an action. Here is a very small example of using the Hebrew symbol. The first alphabet, reading from right to left, is Aleph 1, and the last alphabet is Tav 26. Over 5,000 years ago, sages or scholars found the letters Aleph and Tav in the margin of old manuscripts. The Tav had a different meaning, which was a sign like a pole. Plus, Jews didn't have any use for a cross because it was a pagan device of torture. However, after Yeshua, Jesus of Nazareth, was placed on the cross, only then this amazing set of characters exploded to tell that one of the prophets had a vision of the Aleph, and what Adonai declared, I am the first covenant of the sacrificial lamb and the last covenant sacrifice of the Son of God. Now we understand that the Passover meal is the story of the suffering king coming to purchase and bail out all people out of the authority of hell with the blood furnished by God. His name is Yeshua, Hebrew for salvation. So, please allow me to speak in made-up Hebrew for someone's understanding of the Gospel of John 6, 53-57. Salvation is His name, which says to those who would trust in my journey, through the history of the Bible, fulfilling every prophecy and proving who I am. If you can sense my love for you, even when you were unfit for heaven and a candidate for hell, I paid your sin debt with a price that no one could afford. If you can evaluate my passion for saving you, please accept my protection of your soul. I have full authority to forgive and to pardon. The Seder meal is that story. So when you eat at the Passover or take communion, remember me that I love you to my death. John 6, 53-57 of the Amplified, And Jesus said to them, I assure you, most solemnly I tell you, you cannot have any life in you unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, unless you appropriate His life and the saving merit of His blood. He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood has, possesses now, eternal life, and I will raise him up from the dead on the last day. For my flesh is true and genuine food, and my blood is true and genuine drink. 
He who feeds on my flesh and drinks my blood dwells continually in me, and I in like manner dwell continually in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live by, through, because of, the Father, even so whoever continues to feed on me, whoever takes me for his food and is nourished by me, shall in his turn live through and because of me. In 1 Corinthians, the 11th chapter, are the institutions of communion, which conveys covenant by the items on the Seder meal plate. The Apostle Paul teaches that communion should make us remember the high price of our salvation to Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The most important piece of communion is understanding the Passover meal and the bread of affliction, which tells the story of a suffering Messiah who is represented in the Seder meal as bread with bruises, broken skin, and perforations on the plate. John 1 and 14 of the Complete Word Study Bible reads, And the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Ephesians 2 and 15 of the Complete Word Study Bible, Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. Isaiah 53 and 5 of the Complete Word Study Bible, But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. Hebrews 10, 19-22 of the Complete Word Study Bible, The Believer's Access to God Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. What Jesus meant was that our Heavenly Father had prepared a reminder of the cost of salvation afforded by His Son, the Lamb of God. The non-Jewish believers enter into the covenant through the matzah bread being broken. The battered body of the Messiah was at Yeshua's expense. However, it was the Father's grace that bruised His Son so that we might be saved. This is what's meant by our salvation is free. The roasted egg represents the destruction of the temple. The shank bone represents the suffering Messiah. The bitter herbs were for a heartbreaking, painful time for Israel. The horseradish for the shock that our Lord suffered on the cross, parsley and salt water represents tears and heartache. As per biblical command, it is held after nightfall on the first night of Passover and the second night if you live outside of Israel. The anniversary of our nation's miraculous exodus from Egyptian slavery more than 3,000 years ago. About sacred things. Sadly, the 11th chapter of 1 Corinthians spoke of the shame of Israel coming to the Passover, the Lord's Supper, without the proper respect because they didn't remember what the high level of respect meant in the Passover meal. Few churches today even mention the divine judgment of polluting the communion of the Lord's body. It's hard for the general church population to see the glorious majesty and royalty in the resurrected King. 1 Corinthians 11, 23-27 of the Amplified, For I received from the Lord himself that which I passed on to you, it was given to me personally, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was treacherously delivered up and while his betrayal was in progress took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, 
This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this to call me affectionately to remembrance. Similarly, when supper was ended, he took the cup also saying, this cup is the new covenant ratified and established in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it to call me affectionately to remembrance. For every time you eat this bread and drink this cup, you are representing and signifying and proclaiming the fact of the Lord's death until he comes again. So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in a way that is unworthy of him will be guilty of profaning and sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. 1 Corinthians 11, 30-31 of the Amplified The careless and unworthy participation is the reason many of you are weak and sickly, and quite often of you have fallen into the sleep of death. For if we searchingly examined ourselves, detecting our shortcomings, and recognizing our own condition, we should not be judged and penalty decreed by the divine judgment. One of the reasons we don't see miracles in the church is because of the ill respect for the righteous Messiah, says our blog author. In the time of the New Testament writings, some in the church mixed the table of the Lord with the tables of devils. 1 Corinthians 10 and 21 of the Amplified. You cannot drink the Lord's cup and the demon's cup. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and the demon's table. During the winter solstice, pagans worshipped the Greek goddess Artemis, the Old Testament Ashtoreth or Ishtar of the ancient Near East. Acts 19, 18-19 of the Amplified. Many also of those who were now believers came making full confessions and thoroughly exposing their former deceptive and evil practices. And many of those who had practiced curious magical arts collected their books and throwing them book after book on the pile, burned them in the sight of everybody. When they counted their value of them, they found it amounted to 50,000 pieces of silver, about $9,300. Let's look at infamous idols of the Bible, Artemis and her reindeer counterpart. A Greek goddess called Diana by the Romans in the New Testament. Artemis only shows up in Acts 19 as Luke described the third missionary journey of Paul. The apostle traveled to Ephesus, which served as the capital of the Roman province of Asia or Western Turkey. Since hundreds of years before, the citizens of Ephesus had traditionally worshipped the mother goddess Artemis and had built a large temple in her honor. Although Artemis was a Greek goddess, this Artemis of the Ephesians was an Asiatic or Phrygian goddess, similar to Ashtoreth or Ishtar of the ancient Near East. There was also a representation of Artemis anywhere the Greeks colonized and adopted the old goddesses, putting Greek names on non-Greek idols. She was also called Diana by the Romans. Supposedly, an image fell out of the sky near Ephesus and was fashioned into the first idol of Artemis that sat in the temple. It is unclear if this was simply a large block of wood or if it was actually a meteorite. Cernunos, Celtic or Celtic, Horned One. Celtic or Celtic, which means Horned One. In Celtic religion, an archaic and powerful deity widely worshipped as the Lord of Wild Things. Cernunos may have had a variety of names in different parts of the Celtic world, but his attributes were generally consistent. He wore stag antlers and was sometimes accompanied by a stag and by a sacred ram-horned serpent that was also a deity in its own right. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Avenu.info blog podcast. Special thanks to our authors, Bishop Demetrix and Pastor Pauline Roscoe, and to our editor, Val Gunter. We ask you to help us with a gift of any size. Many lives are being changed worldwide by this ministry. 
Contributions can be mailed to 401 Omega Street South, Birmingham, Alabama 35205 or visit avenu.info and click on the donate button to make a secure payment with your debit card, credit card, or PayPal account. Thank you in advance for your giving. Always walk blessed in the strong name of Jesus. To contact Bishop Roscoe by phone, please call 205-323-3733. 205-323-3733.